you for tuning in to episode 12 of Common Man's Common Sense. We couldn't all meet at the studio tonight, so a few of the guys had to call in. But we have a lot of stuff we're talking about tonight, so let's jump right in. There is an update on the David Hogg Pillow Company, and that's uh, that's from the middle of last month where he, he didn't trademark it, and that's, that's the latest update. We already talked about it because that's the only update there is. <laughs> <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't trademark it. What was it supposed to be named? Uh, let me click on it and look. It was like... It was like the pencil neck pillow company or something. <laughs> I actually uh, it was something. It was something lame. Uh, uh, under this one. I think it was your pillow, your truth, wasn't it? <laughs> good pillow. That was the name of it. And that's what he didn't. That's what he didn't trademark was good pillow. I just thought it'd be a funny update. That there is no update. <laughs> that's probably the last you'll ever hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh that's how far that guy's company went this week in um stupid limey wanker news coca-cola ceo quincy quote unacceptable georgia voting laws need to be remedied coca-cola company chairman and ceo james quincy <clears throat> who you ought to see this guy he, he looks like a he's got pedo written all over him said wednesday on cnbc's power lunch that the recently passed georgia voting law is wrong and needs to be remedied Quincy said, let me get crystal clear and unequivocal. This legislation is unacceptable. It is a step backwards. It does not promote principles we stood for in Georgia around broad access to voting, around voter convenience, about ensuring election integrity. This is frankly just a step backwards. We have spent many decades promoting within Georgia a better society and better environment for business, and this is a step backwards. He seems to be pretty confident that it's a step backwards, obviously. Our position remains the same. This legislation is wrong and needs to be remedied. We'll continue to advocate in both private and even more clearly in public because they didn't shoot themselves in the foot enough with the being less white. Fair, well, so. and, and see that guy, that uh, the Quincy guy, and I, I that's his name, correct? Yes. See, I, I watched a clip uh, of him being interviewed, and I don't – I'm not 100% sure that that guy is – uh, an American. No, he's that, not. That's what I'm saying. He's a lying yeah. Brit, dude. Okay, that's what I was gonna say because his uh, his his accent was something like Australian or something like that, and, and he may he may be from yeah, Britain. He, he's, he's a British looking guy who looks like he has zero soul and likes to probably molest children. Yeah. But, yeah. And and the fact of the matter is, which and that guy runs a obviously you are you you operate and run a beverage company, so and you're also not from America, so I'm again not interested. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure why. Other than I, I, I believe that they're um, they, they got some kind of headquarters in Georgia, possibly. Yes, they do. Right. And see, so, I, I also watched an interview yesterday with Del, uh, these uh, folks from Delta Airlines, which I believe also have a base uh, yeah. somewhere in Georgia. Yeah, and uh, they've also jumped on a bandwagon, which I don't. I just remember a time like back in the day where, you know, everything wasn't ultra politicized and, you know, companies could just make a good product or, or provide a good service and and leave their political views out of it. You just had a meaningful transaction and that was that. And even Major League Baseball now uh, jumped on the same bandwagon uh, and they pulled something. I believe their draft no, and their all-star all -star game. Yeah. yeah. Um, so because the, you know, they obviously, they disagreed, uh, with the, uh, the new election laws, which I believe are also not new from what I heard. It was going back to basically pre COVID laws. Is, uh, yeah. So the, the biggest thing that it will do is a stop universal mail-in voting. Yes. Um, but the the reason that you see so many more companies, especially these CEOs of these big corporations, was outlined clearly in Time magazine, where they they showed how brazenly they stole the election and they needed all those CEOs to participate, and so they were dumping all these funds in to sustain this apparatus of mail-in voting and otherwise. Um, that's why they're involved. They want to affect the legislation. They want that benefits them. It benefits, the, or they believe benefits their companies. And that's why they're all involved in this because it's a massive ulterior motive, which is the same thing that 
that I've continually preached is you have to be selective where you spend your dollars because these people are actively working day and night funding lobbyists and otherwise it works against us. So any reasonable person that's conservative will be done with Coca-Cola, should be done with Facebook, should be done with so many other companies. If you know, stop stop giving your dollars to people that keep cutting your throat. And so you Tucker Carlson did a bit last night. And uh, he was going over because Biden had addressed all of this, what was supposedly going to be the new voting rules in Georgia. And yeah. he basically went through and systematically dismantled everything that Joe Biden said because it was all lies. Uh, yeah. One of the things that I specifically remember him saying was that it was going to close the polls at five o'clock. And Biden's argument was like, uh, was well, working class people are just going to be getting off of work at five o'clock, and they're going to be closing the polls. And Tucker Carlson went through, and he was saying what the actual deal is: uh, the polls will close at seven, and as as usual. And if you're in line by seven, then you get to vote. That's not saying you need to be. No you know, have voted by seven, you need to be in line by seven. So that's still going to give blue collar people the chance to go and vote. And, uh, and honestly, anywhere I've ever went, every, anywhere I've ever worked has absolutely no problem with letting somebody off to go do their, you know, to go do their voting. One of the things that that is tiresome that I wanted to touch on last week is, you know, and you hear Biden, Sucky and, and a lot of people in the administration and the Democrat Party use the working class people. Uh, they make reference rather to the working class people as if they're they're pushing legislation that is totally anti working class. So they keep you know working class people want this. We're doing this, making this ex- exemption for working class people, but at the same time we're leaving the polls open. It's racist not to do these things because it's, it's supposedly detrimental to the ability of minorities to get to the polls at the same time look at the whole deal with the border this again is detrimental to blue collar americans everything you do the, you know, the americans made it pretty clear in 2016 and i believe again in 2020 what they wanted on the southern border of the united states of america and you guys continue look what they've done now they've accelerated the process to the point that it's worse than it was prior to donald trump but as if they're making up for lost time so they need to really stop pretending that you you give two flying rats asses about you know the working class Americans because it again the things that you did with the, the XL pipeline the things that you're doing with energy in totality aren't indicative of administration that has blue collar people's best interest in mind. I can think of plenty other examples that that exemplify how you do not have working class people's best interest in mind. The blue collar working class people is the you're crapping all over them. And so if you really, and ultimately, if you really cared about working class people, you would have examined the election fraud because that's who's primarily concerned with it. But the, and what they've done is the opposite. They've vilified working, working class, heterosexual white males as white supremacists and terrorists, the biggest threat domestically. You guys don't care about us, man. Like, stop, stop the act. It's, it's old already. But while we're talking about the, the companies still on the subject, um, Coke brands, Dasani, Bark, Fuse, Fanta, Monster, Vitamin Water. I'm going to have to tell my boss about Monster. He's, he's freaking two of them a day. Simply Brand Juices, Powerade, and Minute Maid um, are the main ones. So those are all owned by Coca-Cola. And that's the thing, dude. You peddle sugar water. You know what I mean? It's not healthy. It lends itself to obesity. And you're going to and you're going to tell us what we need to nah, dude. I don't think so. You're going to tell the people of Georgia what they should be doing. And, and that, that guy's saying it's a step backwards, but he doesn't outline how it's a step backwards. So, yet again, they lobby this accusation with zero substance to back it up. It's, it's not a step backwards. What they did before was a massive step backwards on the false pretense that it was unhealthy to go to the polls when it was okay to line, you know, thousands and thousands of people to protest in the street for Black Lives Matter movement, that was okay, but you could could not go to the polls to vote. You could go to Home Depot, Lowe's, the, the groceries, all that was fine. 
as long as you wore a mask. So, no, again, there's nothing to back that up that, that we're going backwards. And you're saying that it's anti-voter integrity. None of that is accurate, and there's zero explanation because you're talking right out of your ass. Annoying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Which, And the thing is, like, like they, they like to use minorities, you know, it's kind of a crutch to, to pass through, the, you know, pass legislation and whatnot. But that's kind of what we had talked about before, the soft bigotry of low expectation, because you don't – and and honestly, if you're a minority, that should be offensive to you. This, Absolutely. Like, these, these people don't think that you can do like, – that, that you're, you're capable of doing anything. I mean, sure. and, and the thing is, they're not – it's not like they're asking a whole lot. They're asking for a little bit of voter ID. And the fact of the matter is, like, I, I believe in the state of Georgia, you can get ID relatively cheap, if not free. It's free. But, and the thing is, you have to have an ID to drive a vehicle or rent a home or get your utilities cut on or, you know what I mean? Like there's or, a, or, get your, or get your COVID-19 vaccine. Absolutely. So, I, I, I just don't. I don't because really it's the, understand because the argument. And, and again, it's the same. It's likewise. They don't care about minorities only in this so much that they can use them as a leverage point for manipulation. That's what they've always done. So no, they don't care about minorities. Otherwise, blacks specifically would have moved out of the position that the, that the Democrats have kept them in for longer than we've been alive. And I've talked about it ad nauseum at this point with Joe Biden going back historically with him. The evidence is all there for what he, as to what he is and how he uses that. That again, that leverage point for manipulation, manipulative purposes. I can't understand how, which I do understand how the media won't outline any of that. So Camilla Harris in the debate yet again touched on that, and I guess it went in one in or out the other. People thought, you know, oh, this these are negative things. You know, Joe Biden's last year, but then here we are. Yeah, there's no telling what the future holds because here's an article here that talks about how the Apple CEO Tim Cook is joining. Of course, a business executive speaking out in favor of expanding access to voting and against Georgia's new election laws. And he's saying the right to vote is fundamental in a democracy. So there's no telling what he's going to try to do with Apple to get everybody to vote electronic or whatever in the future, you know? Sure. And, and it is, it's absolutely fundamental, which is the reason any accusation of fraud should be chased to the ends of the earth to, to to be examined, but the opposite is true. So in, in Georgia specifically, where you had um, the, the two women, the, the mother and daughter in the state farm arena on camera with other individuals pulling ballots out from under a table after poll watchers um, were, were coerced into leaving on the, uh, the false pretense that there was a busted water main and the media is coerced to leave at the same time ballots come out and then multiple scans begin so they were there it was pretty clear they were putting a stack through the tabulator took it out the bottom put it right back in the top so they were scanning multiple times and that's when you saw the huge influx for for joe biden and so they used that exact same apparatus for the the senate runoff election that took place uh in january and so and, uh... If, if if it is so, it's fundamental. Why was that not examined? And, and like like before, the media doesn't cover it. Therefore, people aren't concerned simply because the media doesn't talk about it. Because the media doesn't. It, it's not objective journalism. It's propaganda. Hence the reason they won't touch it with a ten foot pole. Which now even the quote unquote right leaning network, Fox News, and, and a few others, even Laura Ingram. Won't, won't talk about election fraud because they're, either they're scared of their jobs and networks told them not to do it, whatever the case may be, but they won't touch it. So it's hard to find objective journalism where they'll actually discuss this at length outside of you. Yeah, well, you just said objective journalism. Here's, here's another article right here uh, that I want to touch on tonight. NBC's Lester Holt says fairness is overrated, claims we do not need to see two sides. Did you guys see this? Yeah. No. Ah, this no. is horrible, horrible. It says... Uh, well, and that's because, like, there is no such thing as objective journalism anymore. It's just, it's political activism. Yeah, it says 
the idea that we should always give two sides equal weight and merit does not reflect the world we find ourselves in. It says the media's well, and, uh, reliance on truth and facts was turned upside down and weaponized as evidence of lies. The more we tried to separate fact from fiction, the easier it became to label us as partisan tools. I know recent events assure that you won't have to look far to find more current and relevant examples. I think you get my point, he said. Yeah, this is just crazy. Which those are the same people that will whine about the political divide and, and how we're so diametrically opposed, and that's because this is all by design. Um, they, they've created a scenario in an environment where people are at each other's throats and there's no middle ground because the middle ground doesn't suit them. Compromise and open discussion and open dialogue doesn't suit them, hence the reason you hear the, the what's now becoming a very overused term in cancel culture. That they don't want free speech. That's why they're attacking the First Amendment. They don't want diversity of thought processes. That's that's why they're they, they which that's just proof positive and very exemplary of the plan that they're enacting and that they know they know. I mean, that's an admission rather of of what they're doing and their manipulative tactics that they're using. And so, and that's just a common theme amongst everything that they do. Manipulate everything they're doing is. Like, for manipulative purposes. Oh, I just <laughs> want to say where I saw an article where it said pressure is mounting on leading companies in Texas and Arizona and other states, um, particularly after the All-Star Game. MLB made their decision to pull the All-Star Game. There's a joint statement from executives at nearly 200 companies, including HP, Microsoft, PayPal, Target, Twitter, Uber, and Under Armour, took aim at state legislation. They quoted as saying, threatening to make voting more difficult and elections are not improved when lawmakers impose new barriers to voting. Not a new barrier. All these... Yeah. Continue. Um, I, I interrupted. What were you saying? Oh, no, I was just going to say, so we have all these, these major companies that are, a lot of them have to do with, you know, um, the electronical side and social media are all getting on board. No, sure, but the the idea that, that it's making voting more difficult, and, and then um, they're saying new legislation to prevent—that's yeah. not accurate. That's completely disingenuous. They're trying to go back and rectify, at least in some small part, which I think will be feckless in the end, and, and rectify the ability of them for them to cheat. And so, and everybody said this preceding the 2020 election nobody as loud as Donald Trump did but even the attorney general at the time said that this would happen on national news and anybody with half a brain knew universal mail-in voting would see massive massive amounts of fraud and so and since we're it's about the state of Georgia so um, with mail-in ballots the standardized rejection rate historically was somewhere around six to eight percent and with this one it was two percent and less so that differential alone would massively had put Donald Trump back in the lead in the, the state of Georgia in the win column for Trump and so that wasn't just Georgia that we saw that statistic that was it quite it basically in all the states that were in question that same statistic was applied there as well but they don't want to talk about that. So yet again, this stuff is all based off the, their ability to generate an emotional argument about any given subject. This is no different. So instead of looking at it realistically and logically and discussing what the facts are, it becomes something that it's not a fictitious narrative that this is racist. This is against minorities. This is anti voter integrity which none of which is true and it's not it's, it's not even a little bit true that's the worst part about it it's absolutely inaccurate it's unequivocally false yet the people that want to believe it still put mustard on it needed every single time they do well how do you rectify that i don't know what's next have y'all heard anything about uh hunter biden's laptop lately there was something <laughs> there where he indicated that it quote unquote might be his yeah. yeah, it could be his, maybe. Yeah. I mean, which I'm glad they didn't get my laptop because there's tons of homemade porn 
of Hunter Biden on my laptop. And I'm sure everybody's got a little bit of Hunter Biden porn on their laptop. Yeah, here's an audio file. Let's, I haven't I haven't listened to it. Let's see what it says. Laptop. For real, I don't know. I know, but, but you know that's this is I really a, don't know okay. what the answer is. That's you don't know yes or no if the laptop was I don't have any yours. idea. I have no idea. So could have been yours. Of course, certainly. It, 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 there could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. There could be that I was hacked. It could be that there was the that it was Russian intelligence. It could be that it was stolen from me. Oh my God! It, it could be that Santa Claus dropped it out of his sleigh when he passed over on Christmas Eve. It could be. <laughs> yeah, it could be that you smoked a crack pipe and then dropped it off at a freaking computer repair shop and then forgot all about it because you were high. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, because you were high the freaking kite. Like, when, when do we stop with the Russian stuff already? I. How much money did they spend on the quote, you know, the quote unquote, the Russian pro? Well, the thing like, is, though, the Russians might have put the crack pipe into his mouth and rotted his teeth. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah. then it wouldn't be his fault that he smoked crack and his teeth were rotten if Russian agents actually placed the crack pipe there. Like, the, the, the Russians, the Russians meddled in the election, spent millions of dollars over the course of what, three or four years to prove absolutely nothing. You know, like, you you went back, doubled down, said that Trump slept with some Russian hookers in some hotels. Uh, like it, again, <laughs> spent a bunch of money for a bunch of nothing. Like you, well, it was actually with, via unearthed tweets that the people from the Lincoln Project that were vehement anti, you know, uh, never Trumpers, were actually messing with Russian prostitutes. That was the, yeah, like the, you guys make a Russian out like it's a Russian boogeyman. Yeah. I, Meanwhile, Which, and if you go back retroactively, Barack Obama actually mocked Donald Trump, or I'm not sorry, it wasn't, maybe it wasn't Donald Trump. I think she mocked Sarah Palin about Russia not being a threat at all and hasn't been a threat since the Cold War. And then all of a sudden, like you said, it's this big boogeyman when it's convenient. It's it's pretty it's pretty dis- disturbing. Meanwhile, you have real American elected officials sleeping with Chinese spies. So. <laughs> and, and have the Chinese spies as their driver for 25 years. It's yeah. weird that all that is concentrated in California. Actually, it's not. If you think about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This all starts out the uh, the American Bar Association. Um, I don't know if anybody's seen any of this, but um, they sent this uh, letter to our Senate. Um, and this letter, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's three pages long, so I'm just going to kind of hit the high notes on it. The uh, the American Bar Association, it says, on, the ha- on behalf of the American Bar Association, and, well, I'm going to give you a little bit of context before. This is this is all about basically the, weather, the, the way I gathered it was how to approach getting, getting rid of guns. And... Uh, like you guys are approaching it from from one way, and look, we're we're the we're a team of lawyers, so we're going to give you guys a little bit of advice. So it says, on behalf of the American Bar Association, the largest voluntary association of attorneys and legal professionals in the world, um, I write, I write to commend the Senate Judiciary Committee for conducting a hearing on March the twenty third of twenty twenty one. So on a uh, on constitutional and common sense steps to reduce gun violence. So, and it goes on to talk about uh, the shooting in Boulder, um, like firearm related, uh, like accidental deaths, and then uh, how many people die each year from firearms, whether it be accidental or accidental uh, discharges, suicides, all of that stuff. And then it basically goes on to say that they need to treat that like a, health crisis they're basically telling them that they're you guys are coming at it from the wrong angle like you keep you keep trying to 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 push it as a as a a second amendment thing and we need you to approach it from a public health crisis point of view um so it goes into uh basically universal background checks um they they touch on those um which they already had in Boulder, Colorado, which you said they referenced. Yes. And then it goes into, like, the red flag laws. So um, 
which it says the, the gun violence, they refer to it as gun violence restraining orders, which is red flag laws. A gun violence restraining order is a simple legal procedure to enable a state of local state and local courts to temporarily remove guns from those who are proven likely to do harm uh, to others or themselves uh, and to do so in compliance with the Second Amendment and due process, which is absolutely, completely false. Um, well, it's that, kind of antithetical. It's not the moron, to be honest. Yeah, yeah that's, that's an absolute lie. Um, and the, and the fact of the matter is like, I don't know, these, these people are supposed to be lawyers, um, or liars, whichever one you want to call them. But the second amendment reads because none of these people, I don't, and and I don't know how they get, you know, that this is going to be in accordance with the second amendment or any kind of law, but a well-regulated militia, which would be we, the people. So being necessary to secure of a free state to the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So I don't know how much more clear speech that they that they wanted, but shall not be infringed is pretty cut and dry. Sure. So this goes on to talk about uh, safe storage. You know, that's that's one of those things. Again, that's that's going to come up. That that's going to be on a case by case basis, in my opinion. I mean, people that own firearms uh, and and are responsible, obviously, if you have kids, you're going to want to put them somewhere else out of the reach of children. And if you don't have children around and you want those readily available, I think that it's, you know, it goes back to like the COVID mask thing. It should be your choice. You know, if, if you feel comfortable and you can do it uh, safely and responsibly, that's really none of the government's business in, in my opinion. Agreed. Absolutely. So my, my question would be on the, on the red, the red flag laws and always has been, who do, who do you leave the determination up to with the vernacular that you use? If someone proves themselves to be a danger to themselves and others, who's the determining factor, a bureaucrat, a lawyer, who, who would determine that measurement? And how is that, how could you reconcile that with a constitutional right? And I well, asked someone at work this week, what what other constitutional rights do we need a red flag law for? Do we need one for the First Amendment, the Fourth and Sixth Amendment? How how many other constitutional rights that are given by God do you have to have provisional measures for that are going to be dictated by a bureaucrat or the government at all? Yeah. That uh, people need to wake up and realize that, that that's what's going on. Like you're letting bureaucrats take your individual rights under false pretenses. Yes. Yes, and and the thing is, like that's that's not only a Second Amendment a Second Amendment infringement that that's absolutely blatant, but that's also a Fourth Amendment. Like that is absolutely uh, unlawful search and seizure. I because that, like the the fact of the matter is, is anybody can go any time and put a restraining order on someone like you, you go to the police station. Hey, I feel threatened by this person, um, you know, and, and make up anything. This person, you know, we have confrontation, this person threatened me. Now I feel threatened by them and I want a restraining order against them. So now you've got a restraining order that's based all completely on false pretenses. And then these people, what come to your, your firearms, um, you know, hey, what what do you guys, you know, what are you doing here? What, well, this person says that you had a confrontation, uh, that you threatened this person. Well, that didn't happen. Well, the fact remains, we got to do it. So, sorry. I mean, sure. And, and anybody that's ever been on the, the receiving end of a false accusation, Duke University basketball guy, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, knows how um, haphazard. And arbitrary false accusations can be thrown at someone. Kavanaugh would be another another example. And so, which I think something is very important, and I've said it for years. And I own very minimal firearms, but firearms to me, and if you were if you have a gun carry permit, any of those things, those are private things that that I don't think should really be shared. Like it's it's nobody's business anyway. You know if. if if that's your thing and you're into it, like my suggestion would be to maybe not talk about it so much about people that you're not familiar with and maybe avoid those types of situations if possible. Not, not that it, it doesn't make what they're doing wrong and illegal, but just from a, 
from your own privacy standpoint, because I think like we've preached in the past, privacy is the, is of utmost importance. And one of the things that you can, again, to preemptively or just provisional protection for yourself rather is to not discuss that stuff. It's, it's private. Anything with a firearm is private. Yeah, absolutely. But see, the thing is, like with this red flag law, this is also judge and jury. And this does away with the whole premise behind uh, innocent until proven guilty. This yeah. is, you're accused of it, therefore you're guilty of it, therefore you lose your sin. You, we, we come in, completely disregard the Fourth Amendment, and, and, and strip you of your Second Amendment. So, yeah. I mean, does, does that sound relatively clear? I mean, does yeah, that, that sound accurate? Yes, that's accurate. So, which I think one of the things with, with most people is that they just don't, they won't see things until it's too late. And so if you go back 10 years, a lot of the things that, that people were predicting, myself included, have already come to pass. It was kind of like how, and I'm not a fan of bump stocks and I never was, but like how incrementally, like things are incremental. And so as they're incrementally lost, people blow it off. And, and that's how, that's how you get to the point that we're at. And this is, make no mistake, that's not with with just gun rights. Look at speech law. Look at yeah. what's happening with with the First Amendment. That that's how we, and that's what they're great at: the incremental chunks, the manageable chunks of your rights that they systematically take time after time after time. So the very slow erosion of the Constitution. They're you have to give them credit. They're very efficient, and they're very good at it, and they've always intended and then implemented playing the long game, whereas people that tend to lean to the right and be conservative in nature always operate from a reactionary standpoint because they've enjoyed these things for so long, they don't appreciate what it took to, for them to be here. Yes. So that yeah, and that's what scares me. Yeah, that's just what scares me as a, as a whole from the country, you know, just – it almost seems like not standing up and not doing anything is, is a form of tolerance, you know? And so it's like, how much more are we going to tolerate? And I'm, I just think that I, I fear that we're going to get to a tipping point where, um, there's not going to be enough of us left to actually make a change. That's what scares me. Well, and, and I mean, especially as, as of late, I mean, at least the last 20 years, conservatives have been just conservative enough to lose ground. Like we need people, true um, people that like God fearing people that abide by the constitution as it was written and actually try and gain a little bit of ground because like, like you said, these people, and, and this comes from the American bar Association. These people are lawyers. These people are, they're people that are trained to 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 go around to usurp to undermine to erode any any kind of any kind of law or legislation or whatever. Like they 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 manipulate, they twist, contort. That's what they're. That's that's how they do. Then they do that with with speech. And and the thing is, what people don't understand, and I'll I'll say it because and and because Joe Biden doesn't know it, um, but I do. But this reads, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men, and created, <laughs> men are created equal, and you know the thing, but that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable, unalienable rights, um, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but they are endowed by their creator, and that's what people don't realize. These laws weren't... The, these weren't given to you by man. These were given to you by your creator. Therefore, these were given to you by your creator and can only be taken from you uh, by your creator. These, these aren't, these aren't that, that were given or can be taken by man. So I hate it for these people. Going back to what Sean was saying, though, um, you know, I'm afraid that, that it'll be too late <clears throat> when people stand up. But the thing is, that in the media, has done a, a very, very good and efficient job 
as well in, in this capacity. The media vilification, or, or, so it's a combination of, of what Rex said and what Sean said. You know, talking about getting God-fearing actual conservatives instead of, you know, uh, your, your stereotypical rhino that might get you attacked here and there but won't stand up for your individual liberties because they never cared and they're on the dole. The problem is, and you see it right now with the two women that we mentioned with regularity, Bo Burt and um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and even the, the way that Donald Trump was basically regurgitated and spit back out, they won't tolerate it. The media will vilify them. And then even in society, you could, you know, being a Trump voter, even in the geographical area that we're in, it's, there's a hesitancy to, or especially initially, which I, I lost that in short order because I don't care. Um, but people, the individual, a lot of the time will have a, a difficult time defending their position because of what the mainstream media does. So the mainstream media is efficient in making someone feel like they made a bad decision or they're stupid because how they always portray people that lean to the right as this, you know, white privileged knuckle dragon, gun toting Neanderthal, Neanderthal with a, a Southern accent. It's a, a, a multitude of stereotypes because it's okay to stereotype people based on their political leanings, that's okay. It's been okay for a long time for them, not for you, for them. And so that's one of the things that, that'll make it difficult to, to, to resist this now and in the future because people that, that aren't politically uh, motivated or, or competent, they don't realize that. And so it's, you know, an every four-year thing, and it's not a lifestyle they live, which I, could, I won't beat the dead horse about you know, the media that you consume pornography included but that's why i always beat that dead horses because you're entertainment wise if you if you're fed a steady diet of nonsense you're why would you how would it be any different that you would stand recognize stand up for your rights and speak out because all those things soften your brain to work in conjunction with the with the media that, that manipulates they're also behind the things that, that, that I've, I've always discussed, all by design. People aren't going to stand up for their rights if they don't unplug and get their, their, their heads on straight and, and have management over their faculties. I, and and I'll, I'll concede on that one. I'll, uh, I'll bow out on that one back to Rick. Well, and, and the thing is, like, and we saw it just this week, if you, if you want to do something and – to, to do something about crime, whether it be, you know, crime in general, violent crime, whether it be gun crime, um, whatever, any kind of crime that's being committed. Like, if you want to do something instead of coming and and infringing on the rights of law-abiding citizens, you could try doing something like punishing those people or making the punishment more severe for the people that have committed it. And that, one of the things that we saw just this week was – this man um, just absolutely just boot stomps this 65-year-old Asian woman, which they're talking about Asian, you know, Asian hate crime being up and all that stuff, and that's white supremacy also. And and the fact of the matter is that it isn't. This is um, this is a uh, a black man that commits this crime. Uh, he goes uh, just absolutely boot stomps this 65-year-old woman. Um, and it turns out that this guy has been convicted of murdering his own mother back in 2002. So, wow. but he's like, this guy should not even be out on the street. Um, and, and to be honest with you, like same thing with George Floyd, like we, we watched that, that guy was convicted. Like he held a pregnant woman at, at gunpoint. And where do these people forfeit their rights? Exactly. Why is it that, you know, that, that these people are even out on the street. Like, I mean, I, I gotta be honest. If, if you, uh, if you murder your mother, this, this guy shouldn't be out on the street ever again. Like this guy should be imprisoned for life at best. And, and same with George Floyd. Like, is there anybody that's more vulnerable than a pregnant woman, you know, other than a baby? So these people are absolute cowards. Um, and then we saw in the video that, like, uh, some other folks walked to the window. And if you haven't seen the video, you should, I mean, you should watch it. It's, it's graphic, but you should watch. And this is in New York. Um, 
so this is this is going to be a, a blue city um so this is one of the things that they're experiencing so these this guy's outside boot stomping this this 65 year old female and then these folks uh in this business where the security cam the security footage was was taken from walk you know casually walk over to the door shut the door you know turn a blind eye to it yeah we're not really interested in intervening in that like and then goes on to tell the lady that you don't belong here so like i i don't i, I don't understand why these people so are, who told the lady that she didn't belong yes the 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 perpetrator yes the the person that was stomping her shouted uh, anti it says quote unquote anti Asian slurs and you don't belong here. And this person was a Caucasian white supremacist, correct? No, this was a black male. This was a thirty eight year old uh black male. His name was Brandon Elliott. Uh like I said, he had been charged uh back in two thousand two and served however many years for murdering his mother. Amazing. Which I and um I got several things I wanted to hit on from what you said, but then obviously this week as well, there was the um, the two um, young teen black females that stole the immigrant yeah. car, flip it, wreck it, he dies, and then she comes back and looks for her cell phone, also comes out that they're not going to, the, uh, the prosecutor up there sees, the prosecution sees no reason to try them as adults, so that's nice. Then there was also one I saw today, also in New York in the Bronx, um, what appeared to be a, a black male sucker punched another elderly person, knocked them unconscious, which I don't know. They they were in their 60s as well. I don't know what their ethnicity was, but um, not a white supremacist. And that's why I'm waiting to see like the the footage because I mean the media talks about it so routinely. Where's the footage? Where's the footage of white people accosting Asian people? Where is the, the Asian hate? Statistics, like, look, man, the statistics are what they are. And Candace Owens already outlined those statistics, and we discussed it last week. That that's that's the reality. Those are the facts. And so, um, the other thing, though, too, as far as more, you don't need more severe punishment. You need to just make applicable the punishment that is already outlined and exists for said crime. But that goes back to a broken judicial system and, and the system set up um, with lawyers and everything else. They're able to flee out. So there's all sorts of, of laws for gun crimes and stuff that you can tack on X, Y, and Z, and a lot of that doesn't get applied. They, they, they're able to, to flee it down. Um, I've got a family member that's been in law enforcement half his life, sickening, because they, they routinely – there's one guy, small robbery, X, Y, and Z, is, you know, ever since he was young, got up into his 20s, he plead he down for a robbery, got out early, and he went up and uh, murdered two people in Jersey. They extradited him, and uh, they eventually got him, but he never should have been out to be able to get, commit those murders, and that was not a singular instance. Stuff like that happened. I hear these stories with regularity from this family member, so it's – um. It's not that they need to make it more severe. It's that they need to apply the laws that already exist. It's, it's pretty simple, but it's, I don't expect for it to ever happen. Yeah. But, but and I can even tie that in culturally, and, and I could segue into some other stuff that we're going to talk about now, but I didn't – I mean, and you, you had indicated that there was a, a few other facets that this would lead into. What else did you have? Well, and no. I, I, what I was going to say is like getting getting back to these people and even the ones that, that you listed, like these people are absolute cowards. Like the the, the guy doing the boot stomping, you're stomping a, a 65 year old female. Like you know George Floyd, you are you're pointing a, a gun at a, a pregnant female. Like you're an absolute coward. Like and, and when when is it that a person is past the point of rehabilitation? to where we're going to keep excuses and, and make some concessions for this person to where we just lock them away. I keep these, these person, these people, because you're like, we keep releasing them out and they keep preying on the people in their community. Are they doing their community any better for being there? And the case for, for George Floyd, George Floyd, 
and I keep harping on that just because of the current state and all the trial and whatnot that's going on. But for that guy in particular, saying that, you know, yeah, he did that and he got out and he was straightening his life up and all of that stuff. And man, I beg to differ. Like this guy was, like it's it's a fact like the the medical examiner this guy had fentanyl in his system and let's not forget the reason that the police were there to begin with was this guy was trying <laughs> trying to pass counterfeit bills like so you were high on drugs you were committing a crime so not a federal crime the, what is it yeah i mean that's a federal crime with the with the fake money and people also try to reduce that reduce it and make that sound minuscule and unimportant that he, he was passing off counterfeit money. Oh, so you killed him for, for you, you killed him for passing off a 20. Like he got killed for passing, which no, like that's not accurate at all. Again, that's an appeal to emotion. That's irrational. And most importantly, it's not true. So the, the contact was established with law enforcement because you passed the fake 20. And so that's the thing no matter what the amount was, it was still counterfeit money, number one. Number two, I would wager that anybody making that argument would be pissed off and contact law enforcement if someone passed counterfeit money off on them on a Facebook marketplace sale of anything. So if you sell an automobile, any of these people sold an automobile or a a dirt bike or a chainsaw, all manly things, on the marketplace, (laughs) (laughs) or let, let me try it a different way. A Rolex, uh, some rims, uh, you know, what, whatever, a necklace, some, a chain. Some gold um, teeth. And, right. <laughs> um, and you get fake bills, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to be pissed. But in this case, oh, no, they – which. Now, granted, it's not necessarily black people in, in the entirety making that accusation – it's more so white liberals. And so if you're, you know, if you go to Starbucks and buy a latte or, or you go to buy a pair of skinny jeans off somebody off market, marketplace <laughs> or, or, or however it is, or, or you're selling some skinny jeans and they, and they give you and they give you a fake 20, you will absolutely contact law enforcement. You're going to be pissed and, you, and you're going to want that to be rectified. But you act as if, oh, this person was out of line because this dude was, now, not only passing off a, a, a fake bill, he's high. So the problem gets expounded when when contact is established with law enforcement and the guy's acting erratic. And like I've said before, George Floyd was no small – that's a large guy, and he's in really good shape. It, 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 he's very muscular. Like, obviously, his cardiovascular system couldn't handle the amount of fentanyl in his system, but I don't guess anybody could. But – the idea that and I'm sorry to ramble on it, but the idea that the guy got quote unquote killed, which again, in my opinion, doesn't appear to be accurate that he was murdered and it's an overdose, but it's not because like he didn't get killed for passing off a fake twenty, and anybody that got a fake twenty would be pissed anyway. So yeah, and I'm sorry I completely hijacked you mid sentence there too, Rex. That led to oh, no. uh, WB's. <laughs> But what what you were harping on people's obligation or how what what the uh, turning point is there is yet another good um, tweet from Candace Owens and I mean this this these are all basically slam dunks the hole in one whatever analogy you want to use so and I want to say this is from today we've turned George Floyd a criminal drug addict into an icon we are promoting Satan shoes to wear on our feet. We've got Cardi B named as a woman of the year, but we're convinced it's white supremacy that's keeping black America behind. How stupid can we be? I, you know, I would love for somebody to point out where she's wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm all ears. I mean, I would, I would just love to see somebody articulate and, you know, kind of explain how that's wrong. Yeah, I, I would like. I'm, I'm like you. I would like to hear the counter argument to that. The thing is, like that's it, it's all in it's all in culture. It, it seems like, and we've talked about. I mean, even like Cardi B, which I don't know that I've ever heard any of her music. I've, I've seen clips, and people do, uh, you know, do some commentating and whatnot on on clips of her music uh, and and videos and whatnot. And 
from from the little bit I've seen, it's complete trash. And as a yeah. matter of fact, I saw I saw a video that was actually it was pretty funny. It was her. Um, she was standing in her kitchen and she was wearing some kind of just little scandly just piece of uh, of of clothing, if you even want to call it that. So she's she's dancing and trying to be uh, provocative uh, in front of the camera. And then you see her child walk out. So she's feeding your child all of this stuff. She's putting it across the ways for, for your child, my child, and any other child on the, you know, on the planet that wants to see it. And then her child walks out and catches her doing that, and she stops. So wow. if, if it's okay, and you want to put it out there on the airwaves and, you know, on YouTube and, and everywhere else and pump this stuff into everyone's living room, if it's okay, then why is it do you, you don't want your child to see you doing that? Like, yeah. Because there, there are absolute truths, and you know that that is that's not good that's not moral that's wholesome those are not good values you don't want your child to mimic it but yet you want everyone else you want everyone else's child to see it and uh and for you to get wealthy off of it yeah and then that's one of the things from from last week that that we can do a continuation of um because i was i was talking about you know protecting your child's mind and stuff like that and then this uh story broke i want to say it was the day after our podcast i think it was sunday and th this was all contrived uh because of passover but so i've got a pretty sweet article from metro entertainment in the uk because they are the stalwarts for <laughs> manliness lil nas x is the much needed unapologetically queer role model kids deserve today and i'll, I'll try to just touch on a few things because i want to vomit just reading reading some of this stuff so i'm skipping the the they're kind of just historically talking about how he wasn't like completely out in the open about his gayness in reference to the video he is changed up cha chained up by captors and candy colored regency wings he pole dances in hell he kisses a version of himself in paradise where he doesn't have to hide his true self he gives satan a lap dance before straddling the devil simulate sex positions first thing first montero is an incredible video there's only a handful of artists serving up this level of creativity, narrative, and innovation in their videos at this moment. And I and so Megan the Stallion the Stallion, don't know who that is, Bianchi, which I think is Jazzy's wife, F A A Twigs, R D B, and Harry Styles come to mind and Lil Nas X is among them. And so I I know who Bianchi is and, and Cardi B because the exact reasons you explained, because they're in the media, because conservative media covers their liberal diatribe and, and hissy fits. And I've seen a little bit and Bianchi and Cardi B, and I don't give a damn what anybody says from a, from a, a musical standpoint, I think, you know, Bianchi gets all these accolades. Don't understand it. Never understood it. Never will understand it. It's trash. Funny that they love the, the Cardi B in there. So that's, and, and <clears throat> that's the really bad thing about, about it because it's supposed, and this kind of the proof is in the pudding right here because, it's supposed to be music, but the focal point is on the visual aspect of what they've created. And with the specific video for this Lil Nas X weirdo, it's obviously not, it's not kind of satanic, it's not this, it's not that. And this is exactly what I was talking about last week when people think that, um, you know, Satan is abstract and rebellion is just rebellion for rebellion's sake. no. That you're you're messing with something that you have obviously zero scope, the magnitude of what you're messing with. So this and this guy, and I think we're going to get into it, bragging less than a year ago that his primary fan base is elementary age children. And like I've always said, why is it that people that lean to the left are so infatuated with children every time? So the article goes on. The child of Britney videos who is still impatiently waiting for the sequel to Lady Gaga's Telephone. I have so much respect for visionary artists that still treat music videos as an art form and a playground to be explored. And Lil Nas X has done that with every release so far. But Montero isn't just important because it's a visual feast. 
It is a manifesto of queerness and being comfortable with and proud of who you are. And I cannot imagine what it would mean for a queer kid to watch that in 2021 <laughs> from a mainstream artist. Uh, uh, dude, Nirvana was pro-gay. REM was pro-gay. Um, so many, uh, Pearl Jam, so many. This is this is definitely not new. This is just a slow and steady march and the the con- constant push for uh, sexuality on on young people. When I was growing up, you didn't really have gay stars. Sure, we had Sir Elton John and the memories of Freddie Mercury and Katie Lang, dude. Elton John and Freddie Mercury with Katie Lang. Are you kidding me? But I digress. <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I I only know about Katie Lang because of The Office. But anyway, but in mainstream pop, you had to be really, really big to come out to make sure you had a career left when you did. Blah, blah, blah. Dude, this is, uh, so don't get me wrong. I don't blame any of them for keeping their sexuality a secret. That was something that ruined careers on track, endless abuse and jokes. Newspaper columns are burned into my memory of accusing pop stars of living in glass closets and jumping on the by bus. Lack of representation was even starker when you moved away from pop music and looked at hip-hop. While homophobia exists in all cultures, even those that claim to be allies, LGBTQ plus representations in hip-hop and rap have historically been very low, with many artists using homophobic language in their lyrics. And so that's why it's so funny to watch people like uh, the, the white rapper from like the late 90s, early 2000s who was so popular. Who is that guy again? The guy with the bleached hair. Um, oh, Eminem? That Eminem? guy, yeah, yeah, that guy. It, 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 what is it, Eminem? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That was really, really soft, and it would, would fold like a wet napkin if you slapped him. Yes. Those it, people are I, having to reconcile the things that they said in the past. Like, so they're slamming Donald Trump for things that they've done in the past. It's, it's amazing to watch these people contort themselves to stay in the good graces of <laughs> The current left agenda, it's hilarious. Up until a few years ago, it seemed impossible that a mainstream rapper would be able to come out as gay. The last decade is... <laughs> so for Lil Nas X to come out at the start of his career, listen, I can assure you, this is not the start of his career. This is pretty much his career, for lack of a better term. This is where it, it, it this is its apex, and the roller coaster will be all downhill from here. Mark my words. But, and Rex is going to love this, so let me start this sentence over. So for Lil Nas X to come out at the start of his career was incredibly, what? It was brave. And powerful. (laughs) It was powerful, that's what they said. I know calling someone brave for being themselves is tiring, but it was. No. So is that making him a hero now? See, Absolutely. And we t- I touched on this a little bit last week, man, and how how we've how we've exchanged true heroism, true bloodshed, true heroic behavior, storming the beaches at Normandy with real men, and we have exchanged that with like social quote unquote heroism in in things like this virtue signaling, uh, like the the shout your abortion out movement, like coming out of the closet, the Bruce Jenner, you know, like they give him a hero award. He, I think it was ESPN or something like that. Wearing a vagina hat, like you know, tearing down monuments. And yeah, but you're not seeing the picture of this dude. I think it's a Grammy. Is the Grammy the one that's the um? That this guy won two of these xylophone awards. And he's wearing a pink, uh, like rhinestone cowboy suit, pink cowboy boots, and a pink cowboy hat. You're t- you're saying he's he's not a hero? No, I'm confused. Okay, because it says Lil Nas X is changing the game. Not sure what game he's. Changing. I'm not sure what game he's changing. I bet he's got to change his underwear a lot. <laughs> 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 so anyway. Uh, this is no exaggeration. When a queer queer kid, particularly a black queer kid, watches a Grammy Award winning rapper with a ma- with major street kid cred and tart success dressing in drag as Nicki Minaj for Halloween or wearing a pink wig or performing lyrics about their male partner, they will know that, it's, that it is acceptable. They will know that their queerness is valid and loved by so many. And that's the thing. You're def- 
defining what and who you are by your sexuality, this is mind-boggling. And that being queer doesn't inhibit them from being cool or from success as a rapper or from blackness or from finding love. And straight kids will see an out-and-proud queer man and think nothing of it when their friends come out or they encounter LGBTQ plus kids in school, which, again, proves in the pudding because that's what you want. You want to foist this onto us just like they did with Walking Dead and so many other things. You drive this narrative to affect public opinion and public perception. And it's your obligation to ensure that your kids do not accept it and for you to never accept it. No, dude, because you want to ram a reproductive organ into an orifice meant to expunge human waste, that doesn't mean it's virtuous to me. It's, a very, it's again, statistically, scientifically, factually, definitionally, in every aspect, that is abnormal behavior. Yeah. I don't hate you for it, but I, can, I, I cannot, will not, and refuse to lend myself to, glor- to glorifying stuff that I know to be abnormal. Again, don't be not that. only abnormal but perverse. Sure, and and again, the difference here would be this isn't just about him, as the writer is exemplifying. They're foisting this onto your children. Straight kids will see that's their words, not mine. Straight kids will see an out and proud queer man and think nothing of it when their friends come out. So that's what they want, and so from here. And that's why they're using this guise because this fan base is – and again, here we go. Recently, I was walking in Dublin and saw a group of boys around 12 or 13 hanging around outside a shop. They were stereotypical lads. One of them wore a little Nas X hoodie, and it warmed my heart. I don't know if that boy was straight or queer. I'm sure you would like to find out. But either way, he felt comfortable enough to wear that hoodie because to him, little Nas X is just his favorite artist. I guarantee you that no boy when I was in school – would have been outwardly wearing the merch of a gay artist for fear of being mercilessly bullied. So that that's proof of what, what I discussed last week is that you you have got to protect your children from this complete out-and-out out idiocy. And so that's not to mention the blatant Satanism. So, like, that's the thing. That's not brave. Um, or It's not any of the things that, that they just outlined. You're quite literally playing with fire and trying to influence people towards Satanism. And, they, and so what that does is that it, it pushes people off to, to do what I had said prior, that Satan is just this abstract thing. It's a joke. Um, it, it, it's, not, it's not reality. That's why you have to – and, and again, this is how this works in conjunction with pornography, the softening of the brain and lowering the guard – to be open to, to all kinds of sexual perversion, and especially when, we, just like this writer is saying, that's that's their goal is to target young children. Which I'm trying to see here where it talks. If this one talks specifically about his fan base, mm-hmm. which, I, mean, I, I would imagine his fan base would have to be pretty young. Yeah, and and that's one of the things he was bragging about. But then there was another article that came out where here Lil Nas X exposed for his Islamophobic transphobic and predatory tweet take this rapper exposed for predatory tweet and so and I'll, I'll keep it brief uh, I know we've been going on for a while here the 21 year old rising which rising is definitely subjective um, rising American rapper known as Lil Nas X has been exposed and has some explaining to do after being linked to a very controversial Twitter account posted highly offensive content which includes a tweet where he sexualized his own three-year-old nephew. When Montero Lamar Hill was 17 years old, he had a Nicki Minaj and Lil' Kim fan accounts on Twitter. Lil' Nas X admitted that when he asked Minaj to collaborate with him on Twitter in June 2020. And what I think, dude, on a side note, because you everybody saw what happened with that Miley Cyrus girl. And so you had a one-hit wonder. Her dad was the Billy Ray Cyrus, Don't Break My, or Aiky Breaky Heart, rather, uh, yeah. with the sweet mullet. And so, <laughs> like, that guy, you, you saw him back then, and, like, it was a, a pretty big thing then in the 90s, and then he was gone. Then he came back with, like, a, at the time, it looked, you know, it was like that emo, like, it looked like the Karen haircut of today, kind of like the guy was totally metrosexual, and he, his daughter everybody knows what she became um, and she's gay or bisexual or however. So that guy basically sold his daughter out 
to be back in a Hollywood. And so, and then for a little historical context with this, this um, gay rapper guy here, I guess there was some hoopla, and, and I guess it was national news, but I know like national radio was talking about how he made this song, Old Town Road, that was country, but country radio didn't want to play it. It wasn't, it was, they couldn't quantify it as country. So Billy Ray Cyrus with this gay ass hairdo, as if he's like, <laughs> as if he's like actual authentic country, which is an absolute nauseating joke, swoops in to save the day. And like they modified the song a little bit. And then, like, he's this big hero for helping out the gay black kid, which I don't think at that time everybody knew he was gay or however it was. And I'm sorry, you might have to edit this out, but I don't, I can't imagine a scenario where Billy Ray Cyrus's penis wasn't in this kid's butt. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, the, here's an article right here from NPR that says Little Nas X says children are his core audience right now, and that's okay, is what it says. It's, he wrote a, a kid's book. It says, um, yeah, yeah. The, uh, he has a new kid's book called C is for Country. Yeah. And he's also uh, pushing Satan shoes. I don't know if you saw it. He's trying to sell yeah. those yeah. with the, the one drop of blood in them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, here's the, here's the good one. But what people most concerned in his tweet were, were talked of, about raping a three-year-old nephew. Quote, I want to F my nephew so bad, but he only three years old. Although most of this can be written off as, just terrible and dark humor, the comment about his three-year-old nephew. And that's the thing. It's just so terrible and dark humor because he was saying, you know, anti-Islamic things, anti-immigrant things, stuff that the left would absolutely eviscerate a conservative for if they had a history of these tweets in their past. Um, the comment about his three-year-old nephew does raise a lot of red flags, firstly because Little Nas X actually had a three-year-old nephew when he wrote this tweet. This is confirmed by another tweet he posted two years later about his five-year-old nephew. Yeah, my five-year-old right. nephew, quote, my five-year-old nephew called me a booty head, so I told him by the time he's my age, he'll be unemployed, homeless, and global warming will offshore in his lifespan. I don't have to even keep going. Like, everybody knows what it is. Anybody with a brain knows what this is. These these people are, are rampant um, pedophiles and... I, I personally, I think the little Nas X guy it went the way of uh, Miley Cyrus because these people sell their souls for, and I think quite literally sell their souls for fortune and fame. It's it's very disturbing. But then when they do that, they they come out and then try to because dude, Satan, this is satanic. Why else would you try to have influence over such a wide swath of the population? Again, like that's that's how Satan works. Like these people do Satan's work on Earth. This is one of the many ways that Satan manifests himself. That's why that's why they're in the positions that they're in, but they sold their souls to do it. And so allowing your kids to consume, you know, unmitigated internet access because stuff like this is pushed so hard, it's foolish. And we'll stop there for episode twelve. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Common Man's Common Sense. Make sure you subscribe and tell all your friends. And remember, we have a new episode every week. Thank you and see you soon.